males are born, men are built. This is the Great Man Podcast, where we want you to build great men as you allow other men to build you. Join New York Times best-selling author Stephen Mansfield, along with seasoned leaders of men, Anthony Flemons and J.T. McCrow, as we bring a wide range of experience and expertise to help you become the great man you are designed to be. With you this week are Anthony Flemons and J.T. McCrow. Gentlemen, let us begin with an email that came in. We get a bunch of those, man. We do enjoy. And most of them agree with us, and then occasionally we'll get one that disagrees. Yeah, or not disagrees, but just kind of you know, slap on the butt <laughs> by a little bit. Uh, but we did get, you know, we, from time to time, we do want to uh, shout out to the guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, we always say this, you know, without you guys, we wouldn't do a podcast. So sure. we appreciate uh, everyone listening, all the feedback, all the DMs, all the emails, all the things that we get. We did get one that kind of went back to uh, our episode with Aaron about uh, child sex trafficking. That we and, did a couple of weeks ago. That we did a couple of weeks ago. And and it was really the email was based on, a, I think he was chastising us a little bit. Did you take it that way? I didn't. You know, and it's so funny, man, that one it seems like each of these emails that we end up reading, they revolve around something that I started or something that I said, <laughs> which is characteristic in my life, man. I'm the guy that's always getting checked up. But no, I don't I don't know that he was chastising. He was just saying, hey, remember. Maybe he wanted some clarity. Yeah. Hey, remember okay. the power of, of Christ. Hey, remember yeah. the redemptive work of the cross. So on the podcast, we were talking about uh, this addiction and this addiction uh, to the porn addiction to the to the point to where it became you became a consumer of children having sex with children right and we were talking about yeah. the relationship of that yeah. causing the whole stir or the whole situation with child trafficking yeah so that's how we got into this and i asked the question is there any coming back from this kind of a mindset. Yeah. And I pointed out a, a little bit later on in the podcast that yes, you can come back. I mean, I've seen people come back from terrible addictions. Right. And he wanted to point out, which is true. And again, just so you guys know, I mean, Anthony and, I and Steven, we're all Christians. Yep. We don't speak Christianese a lot. I, I'm just, I don't do that a whole lot. Even right. Though I have, I'm a pastor. I don't know the dialect at all. Yeah. Uh, and so sometimes I'll say things meaning to say something and not really maybe being clear to someone who has that mentality. And I and I understand that. I get yeah. that. But I, I do want to be clear on this subject that, yes, anybody in any situation with any kind of depravity, any kind of depraved mind, there is hope. As Christians, we say there is hope when you become a new creation. Right. Old things are gone. New things are come. Right. You're a new creation. However, you don't always get out of the consequences of your actions. Right. Sometimes you do, but a lot of times you don't. So, yes, I believe in the power of the gospel. Absolutely. One hundred percent. I also believe that in Galatians where it says that what you sow, you're going to reap. Sure. So I'm looking at it from an eternity standpoint. Yes. E eternally, you're set. Temporarily here on this earth, you're probably not going to do so well. Yeah. But that's the price you pay 
for being of a mindset that that's that depravity of harming kids or doing things to kids. It's just going to have its consequences. Yeah. And the gentleman was just reminding us that there's always hope when people turn to Christ. There's always hope when you turn to the gospel. And the one thing that I want us all to remember is not everyone will turn to Christ. Not everyone is going to turn to the gospel. And it is in my mind, man, I am always questioning and wondering, and I want to put out there uh, situations and get answers for people that are not of that persuasion. Yeah. So I agree a hundred percent, man, that if, if a man comes to God in that state, that God can restore him and heal him of that. Yeah. And I'll say something controversial real quick. I believe that you can do it without God. There's just no eternal value to it. Mm. There's zero eternal value. You're still heading in the direction you were before Again, that's that's the Christian faith that yeah. that I can be healed. My mind, I can be healed of anything, uh, and then there's eternal value to that. So, anyway, thanks for writing us again. We just wanted to address that right off top. Uh, we do appreciate all of it. Appreciate you guys supporting us in that right hand corner, greatman.tv as well. Uh, so, anyway, on to something of very much importance to me. Yeah, as a white guy. Oh, cool. You know, I get a call last week. This is just. I'm just letting you know, you guys, little, let you in on our lives a little bit. I get a call from Anthony. He's on vacation or going on vacation, and he brings up, why do white people like mayonnaise? Because I was curious. Yeah. And and you're my resident white guy. Yeah. And so my response was, I was being humorous. (laughs) Don't try to clean it up, guy. I said, because it's white. Yeah. And then you like mustard. Mm-hmm. But that don't fit with my little funny line mm-hmm. of thinking. Right. Yeah. So it kind of ruined it. But yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. And you got me thinking about it. It's like, man, I I guess white people do like mayonnaise a lot. I don't know. I don't know if, if they but, like it more or less, man. But I just find that most black people and and I'm you know speaking I, I, for all, all, all black people don't enjoy mayo the way that white people do. But what really tripped me out was, is when you said how you eat mayo. Yeah, of course. You say you just roll up a piece of meat around a piece of asparagus. No, no. See, you're, you're, you're giving me way more class than I deserve. No, typically I just put a piece of ham or a piece of Turkey, a piece of pepper, Jack cheese, maybe some salami or pepperoni, put some mayonnaise on it and roll it. So it's all meat and Mm. cheese. And I eat it that way. Gotcha. Yeah. He does not, speak for all white people let's just i'm just gonna interject that real quick so producer jade do you like mayonnaise i do but not in the way that i've seen this man take <laughs> in mayonnaise well i'm just a normal guy uh so jonas is abnormal abnormal okay. i'll take it yeah right. take it. so anyway that was kind of a fun little and then when you i took a picture <laughs> i sent you a picture because i went home that afternoon yeah and actually did it and took a picture and sent it to you yeah just you know i, I want to prove yeah well, good job. Well, good. You know, I was thinking about when I was uh, listening to Stephen um, uh, on this particular episode and, and the subject matter, and you and I haven't really talked because you've been gone. Yeah. I've been, I've been super busy. And I was really super interested in your thoughts on this one. Really? I was. I thought, man, I'm not going to say much. Or I mean, of course, I will say much, but I really want to hear your thoughts on this because I think that you probably deal with other people's expectations of life more than uh, I do. And 
That's uh, funny that you say that. Why? Because when I listened to it, I was like, I have no reference for this. Because in my head, honestly, JT, I separate out work and then my life. Yeah, sure. And in my life, man, I don't know men that really operate in this, but at work, oh yeah, yes. I know a, a lot of people that operate in this. But uh Because you get the being the GM, you probably get the brunt of expectations not met or uh, what they thought should happen. I mean, yeah, we, we, we get a lot of feedback, Yeah, but from time to time, man, I'd say two or three times a week, somebody will call me over and have something good to say. And they'll say, Hey, I know that you only hear the bad things. And I just wanted to tell you X, Y, Z, or this person was great, or the food was this, or we have a great meal every time we come in, but expectations not being met, man. Yeah, I guess I do have an experience with it, but that's funny that you came up with that because in my mind, when I came in here today, I'm like, I don't operate in this level. Like personally, I don't operate in this expecting the world to yeah. be perfect. Yeah. I just, I don't have a, even a, a reference for it, man. Is honestly. that because probably, uh, I mean, again, we've been very transparent about your life yeah. be, because life uh, up to this point maybe your first 20 years of life wasn't that way at all. In fact, it was probably the opposite where you probably were shocked when something good happened. <laughs> I was. Yeah. And, and I actually, man, I thought about that today. Like I've always lived my life from the starting point of will it go? How poorly will it go? Yeah. You know, how bad will it be? And, you know, even growing up, you know, being a, a drug dealer and being in the streets and doing all these other things and being a, 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 a having been abused by the people that were important to me, man, I don't I don't know that I ever had this rosy outlook mm -hmm. that freaking Stevens talking about yeah. where you get, you know, uh, disillusioned, so to speak, when people don't perform up to your expectations, because, man, I was just hoping to make it through a day. Yeah. And uh, but. It's it's so funny, man, that you came up with that right away. And yeah. I think I think it's because you want me to talk a lot on this podcast. Today. No, I was a serious thought because in my what I do, of course, when you're dealing with people's crises all the time, you, you look through the world through a different set of glasses because I expect there to be crisis most of the time. Sure, uh, even in in building, you know, the homes that I build. Part of my daily task is to solve issues that come up because there's no perfect plan. There's no perfect home. Yeah. So that's my expectation going in. In fact, that is my mindset that, OK, wonder what I'm going to find today that's yeah. not going to really work out, especially when you have so many trades like I do right now at this particular home. I have so many trades overlapping each other. Somebody's making somebody mad. You know, I, something's in the way. Something something's always not right. So when you say so many trades, you mean people doing so many different jobs yeah. at your job site? Yeah. Like right now we're installing all mechanicals. So that's HVAC, plumbing and electrical. So those guys don't work well together <laughs> because everybody has a certain thing that they, their trade's the most important and they yeah. should get. So it's my job to kind of mediate those things and solve the issue that yeah. makes everybody at least Maybe not happy, but at least we got the job done and it's going to be good for the client. Yeah. So I don't have this ad. I don't have this outlook either, but, but I'm sure that Steven knows people that have. Yeah. And it sounds like maybe the guys that work for you, some of them have it too. Sure. Yeah. Oh, of course. And so really when, when I listened uh, to Steven, 
really what it's about is keeping our expectations in check. Yeah. And you've heard me say, you know, that people's intentions are their highest good. The flip side of that is people's intentions are good, but their actions can be harmful. (sighs) And so what they do things and look, if you think that everybody else does this and you don't, then you're deceived because everybody does this, that it's our intentions are good. I did something meaning to do well, but in really in reality, my actions really hurt somebody. Yeah. That's what was kind of amusing about when Stephen was talking, he said it could go into uh, being religious, I think is what he said. And, or no, no. Or did he say self-righteous or something like that? I think he said both religious or self-righteous. And I just think about, man, all the times that we, critique and look and expect a thing out of other people that we don't necessarily expect out of ourselves. Sure. And it's just, you know, amusing that he's talking about it right now. So there's in psychology, there's this triangle okay. uh, that they use and it's the three points are victim, hero, villain, hmm. victim, hero, villain. Most people always see themselves as the victim or the hero. Hmm. But they never see themselves as the villain. When in reality, we are all three of those points at some point in our life. But we want to blame others for our, which, victim. I'm blaming you for something I did because I'm the victim and you're the villain, actually. Yeah. So, again, that's an expect. That's an unrealistic expectation of ourselves that, yes, sometimes my actions hurt people. I did not mean for it to, but yet it did. And I really probably blew somebody else's expectations of me out of the water. Why is it so hard to say that you did something wrong, man? Like in these situations, somebody comes to you and you don't feel like you've done anything wrong. But somebody comes to you and says this thing Mm -hmm. and told you how you didn't meet their expectation. Like, why is it in us all to just fight back rather than just go, you know, if you if you saw it that way, I'm really sorry. You know, I don't I mean, I think part of it is if they find out that I did that, then they'll reject me or they won't like me anymore. They'll know that I'm not who they think that I am mm. uh, because we do try very hard to set up this persona of ourselves that we want to project. Nothing wrong with that. But when we don't live up to that persona, then we have to start blaming somebody for because it can't be my fault. Yeah. Because I have this persona that wow. I, that I have to maintain. But the flip side is what's best is for me to go, you know what? You're right. Man, I'm so sorry because that actually builds credibility more than trying to go, no no, that wasn't me. I don't know what or so and so did this and you know that caused me to do that and it's so really, you know, we need to go talk to him. Yeah. You know, but it's never I can never be the villain. Yeah. It, it's the closest way to resolving something too is just just own it and get past it, man. Yeah, we say what? We go just bear hug it. Yeah, just bear hug it and gather it in and say that it's you. But even like at work, man, when I go out to tables, man, and I can tell somebody's trying to get me in a trap and they're like, Hey, is <laughs> Is, is that medium rare right there? And I go, if it's not for you, it's not for me. You know, I'm not going to allow them to get me into some trap because if I go, yes, it is, then they have to defend their side. If I go, no, it's not, then why did you send it out? So I just want to agree with them, get past all this discussion and find out how I can fix it for them, man. But, you know, saying what you said made me think about something 
about my wife, my darling wife, Christina. Today, man, like she is the admin. He had to qualify with yeah, darling. My darling wife. Yeah. She's an admin, man, for my daughter's track team. And this is my daughter's last year of track and last year ever being a part of travel track. But she's also the secretary, admin, uh, what do you call accountant, all mm-hmm. this stuff. So they have this breakfast and, man, they they, they gather over 4000 bucks, and she's putting it together today to take it to practice to pass out to the kids because it's a fundraiser for them to go to the Olympics, okay. to the Junior Olympics. And she realizes that she's got this chart, man, and how many 20s she's had, 20, how many 10s, how many 5s. And she realizes, man, that she put a one in front of the fives. So rather than having 17, she had seven or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, oh, we're going to have to put that money in there. And I'm like, why would we need to put the money in there? Why don't you just call coach and tell them that you miscounted? And that was a problem for a couple of reasons. She didn't want people to think that she had stole the money and she didn't want, I guess, say in front of coach, Hey, I made this mistake. Mm -hmm. So rather than do either of those, we're just going to put the 70 bucks in there. But what you said about us not wanting people to know, you know, when we fall or when we fail or when we make these mistakes, I mean, that's a real life example of my wife resisting a moment to just go, you know what? I made a mistake. And rather than, just admit that we're going to put the money in. So yeah. I just thought about it. And that. here's what's funny. I have guys that they're super quick about, Hey man, I uh, just wanted you to know I miscalculated that I did this, you know, it's my bad. It, I have so much respect for them and I trust them. Yes. So I trust that they're going to tell me the truth. And when they give me, you know, Hey, it's going to be this much. I don't even question it. Sure. It's like, man, I, you've built so much trust because you own things that are now when he says that's not my fault. I actually believe him too huh. because he built that kind of trust. I'm thinking of one person in particular that he's built so much trust with me and the, his, the way that he runs his business is so authentic and genuine. Wow. And he doesn't, it, he doesn't take it personally that he made a mistake. Because he doesn't want it to affect our relationship or he wants to continue doing work in the future with me. And so he's built this trust. Now, he, I'll have to say, is far and few between because a lot of times I have to find things out. Yeah. You know, then I have to go question. I have to go, okay. The other guys. Yeah, the other guys. I mean, I have I have few people like this. uh, So I I think they're rare. uh, But, man, I sure enjoy doing work with. Yeah, they are rare. I love doing work with them. <laughs> right. So what Stephen was talking about was, you know, having these expectations that things are going to go right. And when they go wrong, they collapse uh, your inner soul or your or the way that you think about people. And again, I, I don't know too many people like that, but I certainly can understand that there's there's people who look through rose colored glasses who think that life is, you know, supposed to be a certain way and you're not supposed to have struggle, you're not supposed to deal with, you know, difficult things. I'm sure those type of people who think that way are out there. And it but it did cause me to think, well, what are the right expectations to have about mm. life? I can interject something here. Sure. Yeah. I have a friend uh, who also has a podcast who use, I forget where he heard it, but he always uses the phrase, he says, expectations are just premeditated resentments. (laughs) Say that again. Expectations are just premeditated resentments. So it's basically you, if you have an expectation of someone or something, you, you're basically saying with yourself, I agree 
to be very upset with this thing or person if it doesn't go the way that I think it should go. It's pretty deep, producer. Yeah, I, I don't just, know. I don't know was, if I'm full in on it, man. But that's an interesting thought. It took. It's taken me a while to kind of fully wrap my head around. But the more that I've thought about it, the more I kind of agree with it because it basically is saying, "This is my hope. This is the way I want it to go. If it doesn't go this way, I'm making an agreement with myself right now to be upset about it." Mm. Which rem- is a pretty prideful thing to <laughs> stance to. I mean, if you think about it. And I I think I know who you're talking about, but it's like, if something doesn't go right, it's somebody else's fault and Mm. I get to be disappointed. And you get to be the victim. And I get to be the victim. It reminds me of, there's several people that I've said this, but Maya Angelou is, is one man. And she said, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Yeah. And scripture even, you know, gets us in there a little bit, trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not onto your own understanding. And that's in Proverbs. But then we go back in Proverbs again, and it goes, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and and pay the penalty. But this whole idea of praying or hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. Yeah. And I think that's a mentality. You know, he talked about the skills or the, the different attitudes that a man needs to have. I think we need to always be working in that JT Yeah, and that we have a expectation. I think I don't, and, and I don't know that expectations are wrong, but is it the right person to have an expectation of, is it the right expectation? I think we can dig into that a bit, but just in my head, man, I know that we need to prepare for what if it doesn't happen. Yeah. I think misplaced expectations. Like if somebody's not proven something yet, mm. do you have an expectation that they're going to do what you think? If you're paying for it, I guess so. But that depends on, the, again, the way that you think and the way they think. So have you had the conversation that that you have set the proper expectations mm. Or do you just, I expect that because this is what I, I would, would do. do. Right. Ah. And that's where it gets, that's where it gets okay. foggy Yeah, is now I'm, I'm projecting onto others what I would do. And it may not necessarily be that way. And by the way, the way they do it may actually be better. And you get the, the result that you want, but the process may be different. Correct. Mm. So the expectations that we set on others cannot be completely based upon what we would do. We, we have to have conversation and I have these all the time uh, because I, I have to have the proper expectations, not just for me, but before my, for my client, because I have <laughs> to manage, I have to manage those expectations because I, when I get a disappointed client, they're not disappointed in somebody else. They're disappointed in me. Mm. And so I, I have learned through the years, I have to keep this in check and realistic. So I, I don't do things that are not realistic. I don't promise things that I used to go, Oh yeah, we can do that. No problem. You know, then I, well, I need to go figure this out. I, I don't know if we can or not, <laughs> Yeah. but now I go, man, I'm quick to go. Mm, I, I don't know. Which is smart. Yeah. I have honest, no idea. Authentic, but I will find out. Yeah. And then we, we can go from there. You know, that reminds me, man, of being in the house. So right now in my home, JT, I have a 33-year-old son. I have a 22-year-old son. And I have a 17-year-old daughter. And one thing about expectations, man, that you have to be crystal clear about the expectations that you have when you assign something to one of them, when you delegate something to one of them. Because in your head, you're going, if I was told to do 
X, say wash the dishes. I'm going to wash the dishes, do the countertops, do the stove, do the island, do the table, do everything and sweep and mop. It's just that's what do the dishes means to me. But if I tell one of them to go do the dishes, they're just going to do the dishes and be about their way and be gone by the time I get home. And so I know I'm, I'm completely in agreement with them, by the way. <laughs> oh, shut it down, <laughs> man, man. But but seriously, man, yeah. like if, if we're going to clean, let's clean. But see, I have this high expectation of myself and then I imprint it on them. So I learned, man, if I was expecting them to do more than wash the dishes, I needed to say, I need for you to wash the dishes. I need you to do the counters. I need you to do the table, whatever it is that my expectation is. Yeah. Or you say, this is what I mean when I say this. So every time you say it from here on out, you don't have to explain that. Right. And I find myself, again, trying to explain things. There's been many times where in my mind, I'm not saying I was right. Yeah. In my mind, I've explained something to my wife, my kids, and I'm... And again, this is probably not good about me. <laughs> yeah, say it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I have this thing. I want to say it one time, and that's all I want to say. It. So I try to be extremely clear in what I communicate. Now, even though I think I'm extremely clear, yeah. it can be muddy for Absolutely. others. So I get upset when I shouldn't. I get upset when I have to repeat myself. <laughs> I said it one time. Now that comes from, guess what was done to me? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I I'm going to tell you one time and I you just, better get it right. Because I don't have time to keep explaining mm-hmm. things to you. Yeah. So uh, again, that's an expectation that's probably unrealistic. It is. Uh, that I portray onto others that I deeply love and that I, you know, makes me upset or Agitated is probably a better word. Gets me agitated. I don't really get angry too much, but just agitated to where, gosh, I have to, in my mind, I'm going, God, how many times do I have to say this? You know, I've said it once. Well, maybe seven or eight times, you know, but that means I have the unrealistic expectation, not them. Yeah. Right. Because I think that probably at the end of the day, they're wanting to do, I mean, they're wanting to please me like I'm wanting to please them. Sure. So this whole thing around, expectations really stuck out and I do have some steps. Do you have some steps? I got some steps that we can build to help people with not having unrealistic expectations of others or yourself. Oh, that's awesome. No, I don't have any steps. I'm ill-prepared as always counting on you to come in with all the steps. But what I will tell you, man, is, you know, even at work, I tell my, my younger managers, like when we give instruction to people, when we give motivation or direction to people, Expect to give that same exact direction over and over Mm -hmm. and over and over and over Mm -hmm. and over and over and over. Because if you don't. That's a lot of overs. Yeah, that's a lot of overs. If you don't, man, you're going to be pissed off always because you're going to be somehow offended that people didn't grasp it all the first time when you said it. And while you may be the guy that I could turn to JT and go, hey, man, every time we jump in the car, man, please put your seatbelt on and you just do it. But the reality is that very few people exist like that in society. Yeah. And one thing that I've learned, too, uh, and i am gotten fairly good at this, is like I love my job sites to be clean. Yeah, I know that from being out there. <laughs> yeah, I just and look, I know I'm. 
you know, I'm building this, this 17,000 square foot house right now. And I understand that it's hard on trades to keep stuff clean. So what I do, instead of repeating myself, I have got signs all through that job. <laughs> I'm not your mama. <laughs> clean up after yourself. But what I've done is I've not just said it. So I put signs up and I've put a trash can under the sign so that they know, oh, he means business. And there's a broom there that they can clean up. And guess what? I had a banker come in today. My, my client's banker came in today to do to do a uh, walkthrough. First thing he said, he goes, this may be the cleanest job I've ever been on with this wow. many trades. Because almost every day, almost every single day, not every day, but almost, they clean up after themselves after they're... Now, I've walked through some projects that people don't have that. And their expectation is I can just do whatever I want. I can throw stuff, put my McDonald's bag over here Absolutely. or whatever. Not on mine because I I want to be clear about expectations because I know that how things like that make me look in front of the client. Sure. So, but again, it's setting those expectations and being able to reinforce them, not just with words, but with deed and with uh, not signs, but you don't, you don't want to go around your house putting signs up for your family. That sure. would be... That would be weird. And it'd be like, it'd be like no my weird house. Policy. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to go through kind of a list of, you know, how do, how do we set the proper expectations about our life? Before you do that, mm -hmm. let me ask you a question. On the job site, mm -hmm. something's out of place. There's trash. There's the McDonald's bag. Do you pick it up and put <laughs> it in the trash? There's an area that wasn't swept or cut wood that's not put away or brick that's not stacked properly. Do you put it away? What What do you do? So funny story. <laughs> okay. Because my expectations are, are so well known amongst the people that work for me, my clients went to the job site one late afternoon. I'm not going to say what trade, but they had basically cleaned their car out right where the car was sitting. Threw it on the ground. And threw it on the ground. There was trash everywhere. <laughs> My client sent me a picture and he was just saying, hey, these guys are pretty messy because guess what? My client knows my expectation. Mm -hmm. I sent that picture to the guy. I said, this is completely unacceptable. That's all I said. This was 10 o'clock at night. I get a picture from him at 1130 at night because this project is probably 45 minutes from everything. Yeah. So it's way out in the country. It it's is. way out sent me a picture saying, I'm so sorry, because he knew that could cost him the job. Yeah. Or the next job. Or the, ne or the next one. Or, or the, the next one. Actually, yeah. It actually cost him this one. Yeah. Not just that, but that that's a mentality of your employees that I I can't have right. on, on a project, especially one that's costing somebody a lot of money, right? Yeah, sure. So, and, But it didn't matter what the cost of the project is. It's, it's a mentality that I want that, man, we do things right. We do things in a neatly orderly fashion and we just keep the job site safe. I mean, yeah. basically it's safe and we keep it clean. I mean, that's a pretty basic expectation that I have for the projects that I, that I have, but I do want to go over a couple things because I, I do think it's a helpful conversation. It is. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking on this one, you can be selfish in the sense of, man, this is for you and not so that you can just tell somebody else that you can check your own self. The first thing I thought was, you know, you really have to embrace uncertainty. Things are going to happen that you don't 
know. You can't forecast. You can't project. It's just going to happen. And if you expect the unexpected, so to speak, or you embrace the uncertainty, you place yourself in a better position to handle it properly. And I really do equate this to in, in chaos and crisis when there is something that goes on that that affect a lot of people, maybe a shark in the water or a fire at a house. The first responders, they're trained to remain calm. Right. Because you cannot, listen to me very closely, you cannot make good decisions if your mind is in chaos. That's one of the things that you pride yourself on, JT. You say that when when chaos is going around, when everything is in, in wonkers, that you find it focusing, yeah. that you can focus in on what needs to be done or said. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just me. I mean, I've, I've, I've been told that that you know, when there's crisis, especially in people's lives that we deal with as a, as a pastor, as a, as a coach, is that, you know, I've just trained myself and been trained. I can't be I can't be running around like everybody else. Right. I mean, you got to look at the situation. You got to assess it fast because. You know, people's lives are in people's lives are at stake in the sense of emotionally, spiritually, maybe not physically all the time, but it is something that I've I've worked hard on to to stay. Stephen will call it the big calm. You know, to be that calm in the middle of crisis. But but it's because I I embrace the uncertainty of life. And yeah, things are just gonna weird things have happened. Like I can think of some weird stuff. You just walk out and go. How in the heck did this happen? Yeah, sure. <laughs> like who who did that? You know, how did that how did that car roll backward and run over that that kid? How how did so the how tos are not what I focus on is what's next, what needs to happen to get order in place. Yeah. I mean, life is is a hundred percent unpredictable, man. I mean, we got we got natural disasters. Uh, yeah, of course. We got medical stuff that goes on, challenges, obstacles. I mean, you know, we have loss of career, uh, having to retrain ourselves. All these things, life is just completely unpredictable. To have an expectation that life is going to go well and flawlessly and you'll skip through life is a little bit naive. It's naive. It's a little bit naive to expect that. But some people are actually raised in environments where everything around them has been protected and they expect it all to go well. Yeah. And that's where hope can really snag you. Hope is great. I mean, all of us have to have hope. But if it tilts you over into the where you can't deal with reality because you had all this hope, then that was un unrealistic. Sure. So you have to uh, embrace the uncertainty because life is full of it. Secondly, you have to focus on the present. So how do you stay calm during during a storm, so to speak? You don't think about the past. You don't think about the future. You have to stay in the moment. Nothing else matters but in the present. Mm. Three, here's, a, here's another good one. You'll have something to say about this. Hi. Avoid comparison. Mm. Sometimes our expectations are set by looking at other people comparing ourselves to their life and what has happened to them. And then we take that and go, well, that's what's going to happen to me. Mm. So we compare ourselves. Now that can go good and that can go bad. It can go into, yes, it happened that way, or it can go into it didn't. And now there's a loss of confidence that yeah. you can, that you can achieve things. And 
boy, that'll get you stuck quick. Yeah. You know, and for me, like one of those areas for me has been education, like formal education. And I've always dreamed of having gone to university, man, and get my four-year degree, man. You know, I'm this, I'm that. Mm -hmm. And I've never had the opportunity to do that. And being in circles where I see a lot of degrees, I'm always taken aback. But what saves me a lot of times is when they all turn to me Mm -hmm. and look at me and go, so what are we going to do? Or what's your thoughts on this? And so they don't have this idea that I need, you know, a piece of paper or 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 a degree to get us through this or to have something to say, they're looking at the life experiences that I've had. Right. So yes. And also the other thing is, uh, you know, we say this all the time, be flexible or no, we say be flexible is, is the fourth one. I mean, you have to be flexible because life is going to hit you hard. So it's kind of like the weeble wobble. You want to have weight at the bottom yeah, so that you can take the punch and, and jump back up. But we always say, blessed are the flexible for they shall not break. Wow. We say it all the time. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not break. And for everyone listening out there, I just need to put this out there that JT is the most flexible. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice way to put it. The most flexible gentleman that I know. Right, JT? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a nice way to put that, I guess. Uh, All right, number five. So number five, you know, I mean, this is a very common, I don't, it's commonly said, it's not commonly practiced, is to practice gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yes. When I'm thankful for the things that I have, it puts me in a different posture than wishing that I had more. Because, you know, sometimes we can we can get life's not treating me fair mentality because I don't have these things. I expected to have these things by these by this time in my life, I don't have those things. So therefore, I can't be thankful for anything because I don't have the very thing that I thought I would have. Mm-hmm. And so that attitude of gratitude that says, I'm thankful for what I have, although I'm pressing to achieve more, can I be grateful for what I have in my hand right now? Mm. And I think that puts you in a position of clarity where you can look back and go, you know what? I have achieved some stuff. Absolutely. I've not achieved everything that I've wanted to achieve, but man, I have achieved some stuff that, and sometimes nobody knows what I've achieved. It's just me because they don't know my inner attitudes or my inner thoughts and go, well, at least I don't think that way anymore. Yeah, man. At least I don't have that attitude anymore. And so I think that we get caught up in by not being thankful for the growth that we've gone through we dilute the growth that we've had. Man, that's great. And it becomes just like watery. It's like, it doesn't mean much. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's, uh, it's not a very good place mentally to be. Yeah. You know, I and I tell people all the time and guys that I'm talking to, I tell myself and I've told you before JT, but celebrate the small victories, man. Mm-hmm. Celebrate those small accomplishments that you see. And man, sometimes, I mean, the the scripture tells us that we have to encourage ourselves. Yeah, sure. Encourage ourselves. And that's the way that I encourage myself, man, that I'm not always down on myself or I'm not always uh, in a a poor mood about something. But I just look at the small victories. And some of them, you know, it could be 
our kids. We all have these great hopes for our kids and we have these big old expectations, but be, be happy or hopeful that your son got up on his own Yeah. or be, be happy and hopeful that this thing is happening. Like, uh, I don't know if you have an expectation that your car is going to run every day, being thankful that it did run and taking steps to make sure that it will run. Yeah. Did you change your oil? Did you go in for, you know, repair? Are you going in for schedule maintenance? So while we are looking at, you know, all the things that could happen, I mean, we have to prepare for the worst as well. And we have to go out and do those things that we see coming. What Whatever kind of opportunity we might see coming in front of us, what can we do to fight it off? Yeah, you just made me think of something. It's almost like we have to partner with our expectations. Mm. And you're, the what you said about the car, I expect my truck every morning to to run. I yeah. expect when I push that button, it it's going to start. Yeah. But if I didn't change my oil, if I didn't do certain things, if I didn't put diesel in it, if I didn't do certain things, I have been, and I didn't partner with my expectation, Ooh, then that's a good it's word. not going to happen. And what, am, what is my attitude going to be when it doesn't? Am I going to blame somebody else from, or am I going to say, Hey, stupid, you, you didn't <laughs> do the things to partner with your expectations. And that's a great, statement partner with your own expectations Mm -hmm. that's great yeah it kind of goes to the i have an expectation of a clean project right and so i partnered with myself to make sure that there's signage up there's trash cans around there's brooms around and that you're not throwing trash yourself and i'm not and sometimes you asked me earlier sometimes i do pick it up yeah sure i know you do in front of them yeah Now that, yeah. that, cause I'm the boss. Right? Yeah. So now you've got the dude that's giving me my paycheck. Yeah, man. <laughs> He's doing it. And I know that I should have done it. Mm-hmm. I don't say anything and I don't get onto him cause I don't have to, but I, par- I have to partner with w- what I'm expecting. Uh, or now you're really in unreality. Cause if you can't do that, you, I, I don't know what, why you're expecting what you're expecting unless you're just naive completely. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of another thing that we have this expectation of, and that is to walk and be in perfect health all the time. Yeah, I don't have that expectation. Yeah, I think you do. (laughs) But, you know, but what does it take for us to do well with our health? Not much. We we eat eat less, move more. Or or eat properly as well. Yeah. Uh, You know, working out or... Staying moving, yeah. You know, getting the proper rest and sleep—that's a problem. For that's always been an issue for me. My wife as well, yeah. and I'm always preaching that sermon to her. Man, just turn the freaking TV off. And she goes, "Well, I'm just gonna lay here." And I go, "Where well, you're laying here, either way, but when it's on, it's gonna engage you. So turn it off." But there are some very simple answers that we can have to protect our health, yeah. JT. That we know the answers to, but are we partnering with those expectations yeah. to accomplish that in our lives, man? Just so you know, just to clear the air, my I'm not watching TV as much as I've ever <laughs> since. Honestly, I'm 55. Ever since middle school, ever yeah. I can remember, I've just I have not been a great sleeper. Yeah. Now my wife, she will always say, you know, it's, I'm just not very tired. It's I'm 
It's going to take me a while to go to sleep. I mean, a minute later, I mean, like she's snoring. It's like, mm-hmm. Sometimes I poke her in the middle of the night just so she'll wake up and turn over or something because yeah. I'm so mad. Like, <laughs> how can somebody sleep so well? But to the point of, of expectations, uh, I think it's important that we, since you thought it was great, I, I do too, uh, just to partner with our expectations yeah, man, so, that, so that we continue to keep calm, a clear mind, we're flexible, you know, we're not thrown to and fro uh, by life's happenings that don't that are not on our schedule. There's a lot of things that happen in life that we just cannot schedule, and uh, I think it's important that we understand that those things are going to happen, so that when they happen, we're not shocked. Yeah, it's very important, man, that we cap all of those one, two, three, four, five with something else, man, and that's always to walk full of grace. Yeah. Man, because if we don't have the right kind of grace in our hearts, man, to look into somebody else's life and go, okay, they missed it, or maybe they weren't trained in this way, maybe they weren't clear on my expectations. If we go right to, they're just trying to get over on me, like that's that's a matter of grace and suspicion in our own lives. So I would put that at number six or wherever we are, is to always be full of grace. And let me say this about, I'm glad you brought it up. If you're not a gracious person, you're a prideful person. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to be that blunt. There is no way around it. Yeah. When you're not gracious with people, when you don't have grace for mistakes, for things that uh, happen uh, through somebody else that you weren't expecting, you are a prideful person as if you've not done it to mm-hmm. others. I'm being blunt because I, this is one of the things that wear me out about people is the expectations they place on others. I say this all the time to people. You're expecting me to live to a standard that you refuse to to live yourself. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to grace, when it comes to being at peace, because graciousness brings peace as well. It sure does. And it's like, we have to have that posture. People's intentions are their highest good. I hate that. Right. According to their current level of awareness, that means I have to have grace. Yeah that they're not going to meet my expectations all the time. But guess what? I don't meet my own expectations all the time. Right. And you get a pass. And I I give my pass on my intentions. Yeah. What's the old saying that I'll judge myself on my intentions, but I'll judge you on your, your actions. actions. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a very dangerous, common, but dangerous position to take. Sure. So just go to this list one more time uh, to embrace uncertainty. And we know that life is full of surprises and nothing is not everything is predictable or controlled. Uh, So we have to embrace that. We have to focus on the present, not not dwell uh, what's happened in the past and not look forward to what's in the future. But sometimes we just need to say today is the day that I have and I need to I need to really focus on the present, especially in chaos and crisis. You just you got to get rid of everything else and just now has got my attention. Right. Avoid comparison. Look, everybody's journey is unique. Comparing yourself to others can lead to unrealistic expectations. No doubt about it. Uh, Be flexible. We know that, again, life rarely goes exactly as planned. In fact, I would say plan the unplanned more than you plan the plan because (laughs) it's going to happen. You you just, I mean, getting calls, your, your, your mom fell. Getting calls, you know, your sister this. Getting calls, you know, we're laying you off from work. I mean, all these things happen unexpectedly because if they were expected, you would plan for it. Yeah. Right. Uh, And being flexible, man, is always is it's opening yourself up to 
what else is out there. Sure. Is there another way to do it? Sure. Is there a faster way to do it? Is there something that saves us all a lot of trouble in doing it? But if we're so stern on the way that we want it done and we're expecting everybody to do it that way, we don't get taught anything. And all great teachers are willing to be taught. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and flexibility is a great analogy would be, you know, all these tall skyscrapers that we have in Nashville and I'm sure around the country you may live where you have skyscrapers, they are not rigid there is a certain flexibility yeah. that they have in buildings so that the, when the winds come Sways. and stuff, that they can sway a little bit. And because if they were rigid, they would fall. Right. And so we have to have that. Uh, I, I don't want to say fall. They would, problems would happen. Right. It would, it would, <laughs> call, it would, it would cause parts to break and correct. stress levels to go so high that it wouldn't be able to maintain. The That's integrity correct. And all That's that. the yeah. important of being flexible when life in life. And then lastly, you know, just practice gratitude. I mean, just having that attitude of thankfulness. Uh, again, it's not that oh, I'm thankful everything bad that's happened to me has happened. I'm not saying be that weird. I'm just saying be thankful for what you have or maybe content with what you have, but yet I'm still going to grow because I know there's more inside of me that I can achieve. Maybe that's the great attitude to have, but you you have to be grateful Amen. for everything that you have, the friends that you have. And sometimes even, you know, hindsight is, man, I'm grateful for a lot of the storms I went through because oh, I, w- yeah, I wouldn't sure. be who I am, oh, absolutely. you know, without it. Yeah. So, uh, and I can play victim and just blame everybody and stay in that victimhood mentality. I'll never grow. In fact, I'll become unliked by my own self. And by others. Yeah. I was going to say others first, but by my own self. As yeah. Well. Cause that's where you know, I'm just so sick and tired of myself, you know, <laughs> it's like, gosh. So guys take the list that we, again, this is not exhaustive. Nothing we ever do is exhaustive, but it's practical. Sure. That you can implement into your life. You can think about it and go, what, these are the areas that I need to work on because working on these and having the right expectations of yourself and others is one of the great arts of being a great man. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen, Anthony, or JT to speak at your man's event, go to greatman.tv. There, you'll also find incredible resources to help you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Wise Company production.